Welcome to this special episode of the Screen Slate podcast recorded live from the 2023 Cannes Film Festival. I'm your host, John Derringer, and over the next few episodes, I'm speaking to filmmakers, critics, programmers, and festival attendees about various films and the overall festival experience. Just a heads up before we begin, these were recorded on the fly with a pocket-sized setup, and the audio is, in some cases, extremely suboptimal. I apologize for that, but I hope you enjoy the opportunity to eavesdrop on passersby and soak in the general atmosphere. We'll also be following up on a lot of these topics with proper episodes in the future, so be sure to subscribe and stay up to date on all the stuff we're doing year-round. Until then, I hope you enjoyed these reports. I think this is working. This is my first official pod recorded with this weird micro setup. So you this know. is your first t- interview ever. No, no. I mean, with this. <laughs> Congratulations, ultra portable, pocket-sized uh, podcast system that I have devised. Um, cool. Well, Joanna Arna, it is great to be here with you uh, discussing uh, your film. That um, I should have written the title down. <laughs> Graham is. Do you want uh, me to say it? Producer Graham Swan is rolling his eyes at me already. Uh, yeah. Do you do you mind saying the full title? Wait, or I could guess if that's. <laughs> you could guess. The, I like the, a good guessing game. The feeling that the time to do something has passed. For doing something, but that was close. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Do you have a shorthand that the the cast and crew uh, prefer to use? Uh, nothing that I like. Uh, something sometimes the feeling that dot 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 is how we shorten it. But mm-hmm. I feel like the feeling alone sounds kind of angsty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm, I get worried about that. Yeah, um, it kind of sounds like a like a new emo throwback band would be called like the feeling. Yeah. Um, Sometimes maybe. I call it TFT, but I, I don't, I don't know. It seems a little like a bad chemical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna do some TFT at the Cannes <laughs> Film Festival. Uh, well, yeah, I was at the screening the other night and it had such an incredible reception. Like we were talking about the audience energy was so, um, I don't know, it just felt uh, rapturous, if you don't mind my saying, like, how, how do you feel about, you know, being here and how the screening went and everything? Has it been exciting for you? Yeah, it's been really exciting. I, I really was happy to see it with an audience and uh, feel like the comedy was working as I had hoped. Totally, yeah. And you, um, you said earlier you were going to dox me uh, because I was at a rough cut screening before, uh, and my name is technically in the credits, so we're going to, you know, acknowledge that. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But objectively, I think we can say it's it's been, um, yeah, it's been like a a great hit. And um, I wondered if you could talk about how you first conceived of the story. Um, Well, I've always been interested in concise humor um, and working with short scenes that start as late as possible and end as soon as possible. And I was just curious to push that as far as I could and, and wrote, once I started writing short scenes that drew on personal experience, I just wrote as many as I could, um, drawing on things that 
or currently happening and things from the past few years. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of interested in um, the humor and the way people talk and um, drawing on, like kind of celebrating the uh, comedy and art of everyday experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've drawn a lot of um, short cartoons. Is that sort of how the script took shape in that form? Or did you storyboard it that way? Um, the comics I actually drew after I wrote the script, partly because I had written the script and had all these short scenes and thought that maybe comics would be, I don't know. I guess I had been developing that vignette-based humor in the script and it occurred to me to do comics after that. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the writing process, are there observations or vignettes that you had been uh, collecting over time that you started to pull into this? Or was it a process of deciding that you wanted to make this film and tell the story and then writing, sort of starting with a fresh page? Um, mainly, I started writing this and, and hadn't been collecting them, but just wrote once I started, decided to write, I wrote them all down. There was an element of, I had written some short stories over the years that I drew from um, some previous scripts, you know, that I drew from. So there was, there was a little of going back through the archive, but uh, mainly I was just uh, writing what I thought of. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get it all on paper. And <laughs> uh -huh. uh, your previous, uh, feature-length film, I Hate Myself, Smiley Faces, uh, non-fiction film. What was it like making the jump from doing uh, non-fiction to fiction, but still very much like centered around your own persona? Um, I mean, I guess I just felt like I'd complete after I had made I hate myself smiley face uh -huh. in terms of needing to make more documentaries uh -huh. um, and I just connected a lot in, with uh, folks in the fiction film community and uh, got excited about you know working in an area where I could have um, some more control in, in the process of developing the story um, I loved documentary filmmaking but yeah, I, I mean, I was excited to uh, continue to work with personal experience that was specific and vulnerable and mine that for comedy and, you know, um, try and, uh, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of drawing from, uh, you know, your own community and experience, your parents are in the film. And I wondered how did that conversation start? Um, how did, and what was their reaction to being asked to be in the film? Um, well, they were in a test shoot that I did early on for uh, framing and cinematography. And they were so great in that, that I thought they would be terrific in the film. And since it was, uh, since it draws on personal experience and they're not playing themselves, but they're playing versions of themselves, I thought sure. it would, uh, you know, uh, help make it a more authentic story to cast them. Um, 
and yeah. my mother actually volunteered uh, for the role. Oh, she She didn't even have to be asked. She was just and, like, please put me in the film. Yeah. And I was excited because I had been thinking about that as well. <laughs> uh -huh. So it all worked out. Mm -hmm. um, have you at any point considered casting actor, like, you know, name talent uh, in those roles or? We had been considering folks. I didn't know that that's, uh, they were going to be up for it. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and I mean, speaking of family, there's a scene uh, near the beginning of the film. It's kind of a brief shot where uh, Screen Slate Pod occasional co-host John Claxman is sitting at the dinner table. <laughs> Does this mean he's technically your brother in the film? Or is, I mean, it's kind of unclear <laughs> who this character is. <laughs> Uh, John Claxman plays a family member at the dinner table, maybe a cousin? Or, oh, okay. Um, I mean, yeah, d definitely a cousin. Okay, cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's good to have this confirmed. Cousin Claxman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we've demystified uh, <laughs> one of the great uh, talking points of the film. Um, but also, I mean, I guess staying on the family dynamic, I, I love um, all your dad's t-shirts. And uh, like the, the Union t-shirt and also the Union song that he sings. Um, does, like, does your dad have a relationship to, to working in unions? Is he an organizer or a union member? Yeah, he's uh, a union member and pro-union and uh, you know, CUNY member for a while. Can you just <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, like, when did the song come into the film? Is that something he had like a song you had heard him singing before, or was that a spontaneous thing? Like, how did he has some good union songs? Uh, we, I, I had written it uh, with uh, Union Made, actually, not Solidarity Forever, uh -huh. but uh, uh, Solidarity is uh, public domain. Is oh public, public domain. domain? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're getting into the nitty gritty of <laughs> filmmaking. <laughs> well, you also gave a really great uh, musical performance in the film that uh, I think really came alive at the screening I attended. Um, do you want to talk about this this moment? Because it's, it's also, I mean, your your character can come across as you know sort of deadpan, but you also feel this. Uh, maybe intensity or energy behind her and then this is a moment in the film where she just sort of like is effusive and um, yeah do you want to talk about that scene? Um, yes I sing a Harry Potter song in the film that <laughs> I wrote in high school um, and I'm glad it found its way into this film. <laughs> is this something that uh, you had thought a lot about over the years, like I need to find a use for this Harry Potter song or... Um. <laughs> I mean, I had already used it for my thespian initiation in high school, so <laughs> I'm glad to have even gotten more. No, I didn't. Uh, I think that was another instance where there was a different song that I sang a few lines of, but we didn't have the budget to license it. So I was, I had this other handy <laughs> musical yeah, yeah. that I have some show tunes right here yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you composed we, we could other... afford it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you had to license it from, uh, 
yeah do you, do you have other like uh we're thinking maybe maybe or? we could uh release the single now oh yeah a, you totally should yeah tired. you're like vinyls and you could <laughs> drop like a seven inch <laughs> yeah it's all about indie film is all about merchandising now i'm just really hoping broadway will be calling <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally i mean you never know or you could do the the musical adaptation of the entire film you know like uh <laughs> You're like, I feel like Graham should be taking notes. <laughs> the first song is Please Stop Humping My Leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the title. <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to talk about casting, you know, people such as the man whose leg is being humped, to Alan <laughs> and uh, uh, other folks in the film? With Alan, uh, one of the film's producers, Pierce Varis, had worked with Scott Cohen before and when we were thinking of ideas for that role, he suggested Scott, and I'm so glad he did because uh, Scott was just so wonderful to work with and yeah. um, brought so much uh, comedy and complexity to that role and had a really interesting uh, just screen presence. Um, mm-hmm. So that was great. And then uh, for Bobak, we actually had just, I had Zoomed with him about a different role but once I did that, I just there's he has such warmth and uh, thoughtfulness about him that I I was excited about him for the Chris role, um, yeah. and yeah, those scenes are so dialogue driven, and I, I was just very excited about also his his comedy and complexity. I feel like that's really what I was hoping for for many of the roles, um, and then we worked with a casting director, Charlotte Arnoux. Uh, who was terrific on, on many of the others also. Um, mm-hmm. So it was kind of a mix of um, some, yeah, some people I knew also, like, you know, me and my parents and a couple friends there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, John Claxman, and then your cousin. Some, some uh, yeah, fir- first-time actors and professional actors. Yeah, cool. Um, and, I mean, what was the research like for them? Because there was this... You know, culture of, I don't know, like, forgive me if I don't know the right terms, but like, would you call it BDSM or like Dom and Sub culture? Um, would I, <laughs> can you instruct me on the, the proper term? Uh, no, I think that's, that sounds fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, were the actors familiar with that? And also, you know, because there's references to like, people's profiles and websites so i don't know if people are finding each other through like traditional dating apps or their like specific communities and um yeah how the actors sort of got into that uh mentality or or that that world um well i mean the actors were uh really committed to the project and and so kind and generous about having rehearsals and talking things over and uh they knew about the auto fictional component about of the film and so we talked a lot about you know inspiration and and things like that Mm -hmm. yeah i mean when you mentioned the auto fictional component um you know to what extent is this drawn from your life uh, if you don't mind my asking. No, not at all. I mean, you know, uh, I, it's not autobiographical 
Um, but it is, I do consider it auto fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, some things you can fact check. Like I, I, I did go to Wesleyan. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I was a clinical e-learning media specialist for a while. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think that things changed a lot in writing of this, and also just things change with any narrative uh, when some things get amplified, uh, so some elements get minimized, mm-hmm. even if it's. Uh, one that's kind of experimental and minimalist such as this one there's still so much shaping and changing of it yeah 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 totally and um wait drawing a blank i'll edit this awkward moment out um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no you no, have to put it in no wait you have to put it in I know. Well, no, I will because literally I was going to ask about the editing. Because <laughs> you were talking about, you know, how certain things change and are amplified, et cetera. And it's like, oh, I should ask about the editing. <laughs> um, what about it? It seemed like you had shot a lot of material for the film <laughs> and had a lot of material to work with. And so what was that process of kind of honing it down? Because you're also the editor as well as the you know director, star, writer... Um, one of the challenges was definitely uh, editing it down from the first four hour assembly of all the scenes as they were shot in script order to our 88 minute film that we ended up with. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had to lose a lot of characters so like and scenes feature. that I loved. Yes, the second feature. <laughs> Expanded universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, it, it can be a challenge to uh, s- get a sense of how other people who don't know you will react to the material. So it was yeah. kind of important to me and kind of a sense of pride, I guess, to get a lot of input at rough cut screenings, such as the one that <laughs> yeah. you were at. Um, I mean, the one I went to was, I think, pretty late. So it was... I would say in the big scheme of things, very similar to, to what I watched uh, here. But, you know, of course, like the sound, the music, the color was incredible. You still lost 10 minutes from what you saw. Damn. And there was three other but screenings was, after there that. Were, there were things that were in it that weren't in the one that I saw. Mm-hmm. Editing is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think also part of having rough cut screenings is to hear the laughs and kind of refine yeah. the comedy of it <coughs> more mm-hmm. um yeah and also uh the film's producers graham swan and pierce ferris were just wonderful sounding boards too and watched a million versions and, yeah i mean i've yeah. heard great things about them they're sort of legends uh in the the indie film uh world they are legends <laughs> I, th- I i like w- calling recent them recent winner of the john cassavetes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, film award? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Wait, well, you said you like to call them... I feel like they're like independent, low-budget film geniuses. Kind yeah. of. I mean, if I'm not bragging too much, but... A nice dissolve hub, hub of independent film production, post-production. Yeah, I hope this um, bypassing car isn't spoiling <laughs> the plug. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to do some product placement. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, cool. Well, I think we got the, like, uh, warning that we're wrapping up, but it would be awesome to have you on the, the pod another time, uh, you know, perhaps with uh, 
thespian John Claxman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any any yeah final final things you would like to add uh, to the? I don't know, but I mean, it's, we're all dying from lack of sleep and. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being one of the millions of people who brainstormed locations with me and oh, yeah, totally. i feel like everyone i know helped make the film and you're one of them so thank yeah you. thanks no i mean i do think the film reflects like a wonderful community of people in um you know in and around uh, new york film and um yeah it's awesome to see it here uh in the south of france <laughs> cool all right thank you for being on the Screen Slate Podcast Can Edition. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great.